everybody. I'm Dave. I'm John. And we are Coffee and Capes. Podcast about all things geek culture brought to you by two middle-aged white guys. Yay! <laughs> the most underrepresented, <laughs> underrepresented demographic in geek culture. Yes, absolutely. Like it's so overdue for right. this. Um, but that's okay. This is what we're what we're passionate about, and you know, we enjoy talking about it, and hopefully, people enjoy listening to us talk about it. That is the hope. We know we will enjoy the conversation. We'll enjoy it. That's really all that matters. At the I end mean, of the day, if if other people enjoy it, uh, I feel like, as always, I, I want to make the quick comment that, um, based on something you said last episode, like this is not meant to be a critique show. Um, this is. What was the the phrase? Enthusiasts. Enthusiasts. We are geek culture so, enthusiasts. Yeah. And as such, it, I think if, you know, always people are going to have comments and things that they want to say, um, let's always keep them a little kinder. Like, yeah, you know, the world can use a little bit of kindness. And honestly, like, geek culture can get pretty nasty sometimes. And so let's just try and be polite. Yeah. Yeah. Play. It's a good goal. Yeah. Um, what coffee are you drinking today, Dave? I am drinking uh, the Organics brand, which I believe is the Jewel Osco brand, uh, Guatemalan. Oh. A little organic uh, fair trade, I believe. I'm sure, like the organic. So, sun, what do you call it? Shade grown. Shade grown. That's it. Uh, out of my Animate cup, which is um, a company done some business with. So, it's, it's a good coffee in a in a very uh, comfortable mug. Nice. Uh, I you. Am... What are you drinking today, John? What the heck? I, I sound am... like I sound like uh, 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 Pinky, right? What are you yeah. drinking today, John? The world. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, today I'm drinking. Actually, this was this was mailed to us from my friend Joanne, and um, I, I don't know what it is. It's a micro roast. She was kind enough to include a little card in the in the bag, um, but it was literally just heat sealed beans inside of a you know a thing, and I I lost the card. But it is definitely how dare you? I know, I know. You're a terrible, but it's a, terrible friend. I am a terrible friend. It's a medium roast, though. That much I know. I can tell by the by the bite in it or the lack thereof. It's got some fruity undertones to it. It's actually a really lovely cup of coffee and I believe it's from a Northern California micro roaster. Um, she said she got it from a local shop up there and, and she's a coffee enthusiast as well. So thanks Joanne for sending that out. And um, I am drinking mine out of a, a Starbucks. You can't see it anymore. Starbucks cup from Orlando because I collect these things anywhere I go. And this was from a trip to uh, actually Disney World. Fun. Yeah. Uh, Disney World before they got, you know, all the cool Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay. I'm still a kid at heart. Disney World was cool. Yes, it is. And I am too. I've often been accused of that. Um, but it never feels like an accusation to me. It just feels like, yeah, that's right. That's, that's correct. I'm a kid at heart. I hope yep. so. We're, we're totally good. Yeah. Um, so what's our topic today? I believe we are talking today, John, 
about relative power of superheroes and how it seems to fluctuate. So I think we're calling this episode Powered Up. Yes. Yes, we are. And uh, this is a topic I feel like we have touched on in conversation over um, breakfast at Pancake Cafe. Which I was at this week, by the way, I thought of you. Nice. Took my mom. Nice. Bacon is as amazing as ever. Best bacon anywhere I've been. Is it anywhere Pancake. ever? Yeah, anywhere ever. Hands down. Shout out to Pancake Cafe. Pancake you guys Cafe. do best bacon ever. Um, but we've talked about this. I, I feel like many, many times it's come up and uh, it seemed like a good topic for today. And so you can see my background has old Steve Rogers after his powers had been kind of removed from him and he was aged. Uh, I believe it was by the Illuminati. Strange, mm. all those guys. Yeah. Because I, I believe this is what kicked off um, one of the major like crossover storylines that actually was good um, in Marvel, not one of the hastily thrown together ones to try and move more comic books that sometimes happens. Ugh, yeah, we'll definitely have to do an episode. Yeah, we'll do it on, higher on, uh, on uh, event events or series or yes. uh, like yeah. Some of them have been really good, and some of them have been really not. Good. Yeah, yeah. But let's not let's let's well, we'll not go down that rabbit hole at this point. So, uh, Steve Rogers, what what are you, what's what about him, John? What about yeah, that's a great cap. Power fluctuate, or how how has he been powered up or powered down? What's what are you thinking about that? Well, I think the image here shows a, a power down. I, I now, I, you know, we talked about this right before we started recording, and I think it's important to put to frame this in context. I, in some cases, there's a reasonable explanation for a power fluctuation, like or a power change, hmm. and in other cases. It just feels like somebody threw something at the wall and said, yeah, okay, roll with that. Um, and there's no explanation and you're just kind of left going, when did this take place? <laughs> um, so the old man Steve Rogers one, there, there was a reasonable explanation that took place in the comics for this one leading up to, um, I believe it was the incursion event, actually. So if you haven't read that, um, it's, a, it's a great crossover. It's multiverse leads up to the secret wars uh crossover where doom is god essentially mm -hmm. and you get all the battle worlds and there's some weird stuff and there's some like the zombie wall oh my gosh yeah and like the thors as like the thor core yes. <gasps> like or uh angela and like 18 1640 or what i don't know what it yeah was. like there was some honestly i would say this and aside to go back to it but that was to me, one of the great moments of Marvel creativity, like they went bananas with all that stuff and it was so much fun. Yeah, it, it really felt like they got all the writers in a room and said, if you could write about anything and have it involved in this crossover, what would you write about? And, they, and everybody just threw it out and somebody said, we're doing it all. Yeah. And it was, I agree, super creative, lots of fun. Yes. Uh, a little weird at times. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? But at the same time, you, you were like, oh, they're all interconnected, but they're all their own little 
like fiefdoms and mm-hmm. worlds and it was interesting to see how doom reacted to being god over everything yeah and how he manipulated the universe to kind of fit what he had always wanted which was susan storm as his right uh valeria as like kind of his daughter right um so it was it was strange as like the sheriff yes or the the judge the sheriff or the judge i can't remember which one he was referred to as but he was ultimately like kind of that authority right to your point the thors as kind of the police for yeah somehow everybody was like there were hundreds of thors somehow and so many yeah it was so in that sense i guess it's kind of like what the mcu what disney plus is doing with the what if right now is like putting mm-hmm. different characters in different taking known characters and putting them in new different roles like sort of as other characters yeah in a way i mean it was more than that but just there's a there's a piece of the of that idea in those comics or this piece of that yeah. from those comics in the what if or whatever but yeah and you're right it, it was it was just super cool crossover but and we we've already taken our first side road and that's okay that's just how this podcast goes that's you what we do people right linear conversation <laughs> you're in the wrong place you're in the wrong place but if you showed up with a little bit of like some bipolar personality disorder you're you're good you'll follow us you know some schizophrenia will appeal to you really well um so he he was depowered kind of leading up to that and a whole thing with the illuminati and so it made sense right and Steve Rogers' power level in the comics, I don't know that, and I went back and did some looking up after seeing something to see if there were massive power fluctuations. And I, and I never saw Rogers with like massive unexplained power fluctuations, except for, and we've talked about this, the let me hold the helicopter in place scene in yeah right like the- right in falcon and Winter, uh not falcon winter soldier the winter soldier captain yeah. america the winter soldier yeah. yeah yeah that moment was a little surprising because in the very first like captain america movie and even in the in the first avengers movie he was stronger than others but that was like whoa and it seemed like a massive jump from the beginning of that movie, too. If we think about when he jumped out of the, you know, the like Quinjet essentially into the water and then yeah. stormed the ship, he had to he had to do some legit fighting. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but if you're holding a helicopter in place with one arm and holding onto the building with the other, you hit Batrock one time. Right. Right. You're not getting up unless you are pulling that punch at like such an insane level. Which I suppose is always going to be the 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 creator's like excuse, right? Yeah. Oh well, he's just pulling his punch there. He's stronger than that, but he's just pulling his punch there. But that would seem like a a punch that's pulled from like full force to <laughs> yeah, you know, a little finger flick, like yeah, right. So I, I think that's the first major one. I think that maybe kicked off this whole conversation. But Dave, you well, and you... I remember just to stick with the cap thing for a bit. As you're talking about that, it reminds me. My 
my memory is that in the early days, or at least the early days for me of Cap Comics, which goes back to the 80s, I have this memory that it's it's described that, that Cap describes his power as, or it's described for him, that the super soldier serum made him the peak strength of a human being. Yes. So essentially as strong as a human could be, but not super strength, if you will. Like if there's on the scale, right? Like he's as, as strong and as agile and as essentially as fit or whatever as a, as a human can be. And certainly we used to get a whole lot of training montages in those old Avengers comics or the Cap comics, right? That uh, he's, Cap's always honing his skills. Yes. But he was never like, oh, I'm going to punch through a door guy. No, no, I mean, he, maybe, he could but... use in the shield, right? He, if yeah, he ran yeah. at the door, he could go through the shield. I, I, it's, I think it's reasonable to expect that a drywall, right, or a door, if he's holding the shield and he's got a full head of steam. Sure, yeah. Sure, right? Yeah. He's going through that. Right. Um, but there's a big I, jump from, well, peak human strength to, I can hold a helicopter in place with one arm. <laughs> yes. Like that, and I agree with you. Like, the, the very early stages of, you know, you and I came up in comics around the same time in the 80, early 80s, early 80s world. Um, yes, yes we are. But it was the same explanation, right? I, I remember that explanation. He was the peak of human, like, ability, strength, and speed. Yeah. And when you looked at, like, those old, almost, there were, there were a couple games that came out in the late 80s, I feel like early 90s, that were you know, showed everybody's power sets and, and whatnot. And that was the same explanation there. He was never ramped up above that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we got that, which was repeated, I feel like, in the first What If with Captain Carter. Like a very odd ramp up in power when she tossed a tank in the air. Tosses a tank in the air with very little effort. Yeah. Yeah. Which looked cool. <laughs> Always looks cool. And, and, and I want to make sure, like, because I, we could be crossing into critic territory, but it's not because I enjoyed yeah. watching oh, Cap yeah. hold that helicopter in place. I geeked out on it. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Right. And watching right. Captain Carter toss a tank over her head, that was fun too. But it, what we're talking about is an enthusiast. It didn't, it doesn't jive with the history. Yeah. And I guess in a sense, maybe as we're talking about this, it occurs to me that maybe in the MCU, he's always been more than just that, more than just the peak human. It's been more than that. Like he was, he's a little stronger than that. Like the, the fat, the speed thing, or at the beginning of uh, Winter Soldier, the movie, when he's, he's running, you know, just doing, literally doing laps on Sam. Like, Right, that that almost felt like Flash esque. Yeah, yeah. But when you consider, in all fairness, though, to that one, we don't actually know like how long they were running. Sure. Right. How far Sam? It wasn't like they showed Sam in the same hundred foot stretch of sidewalk. I think it was we were supposed to think like they'd been running for a while. Otherwise, let's be honest. Sam Wilson was way out of breath for a very short run. Yeah, true. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, it still seemed like he was running faster than possible. Yeah, well, doesn't he like doesn't Cap in the movies outrun cars at some point? Yeah, but in all fairness, that's like World War II cars. <laughs> and, I, I'm, and I gotta, okay. and you gotta, you gotta think that in doing so, if we're talking about the peak of human physical performance, think about um, Usain Bolt, yeah. right, in his sprinting ability. Now imagine being able to just do that for long distances. Yeah. Right. You're gonna outrun. You could outrun some cars. Um, right. Which they right. did in. Uh, Civil War. There was that whole running through the tunnel, like him chasing Bucky or him chasing T'Challa, chasing Bucky, and they were all running faster than all the cars in the tunnel. Mm, right. Yes. Which yes. another, you know, example of where we at. You know, it, and maybe it is. Maybe it's the MCU just to make it more cinematic, to more appealing. Certainly was. Yeah. Right? And, and I'm okay with that. It's just an, an interesting this. Uh, um. Not disagreement, but uh, taking it in a different direction than the source material, which they yeah. should, right? I mean, it shouldn't. I've never been one of those guys like, oh my gosh, they can't change a thing. Like, that's one of the beauties of it that you take a, a known character, a known idea, a known book, a known story, and tweak it for a new audience today. And I, I think that's some of what the MCU has done tremendously well. Yeah, I think so too. Um... Now we have other characters that we've discussed. Yeah. Um, Your so favorite. One, of, one of mine, yeah, Thor. Thor's long been one of my favorites. And in the last, I don't know, whatever it's been, six, eight, nine years um, since Jason Aaron started his run on, on the Thor comic, it's been my favorite. Uh, I think that run is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Peak Thor, where he did the three timeline thing. Thor kind of in the present, you got young Thor before he's earned the right to, to, um, to wield Molnir, and then King Thor in the, in the very, you know, very distant future. Um, like that whole thing, the God, God Butcher, Gore the God Butcher, that whole storyline, the art was phenomenal. I just, I love every part of that. Um, but, it, you know, contrasting to Thor comics of the 80s or sometimes when he's you know i don't know getting beat up by absorbing man or something or like what's what's the crew the wrecking crew the wrecking like, crew um or probably not some street toughs exactly but you know he get he's got a he's got to work pretty hard to to beat some some street gang thing but then later he's flying through space at like phenomenal speeds yeah i think one of the ones for me was during the siege and Thor got taken out by like uh, Norman Osborn and some of the red hoods guys who had been powered up by Nornstones. Yeah. But, and then, you know, he, he turns around and destroys the century with a, a few hits of lightning. Yeah. And flies up to the sun with the sentry's body and like, and puts it into the sun. And you're yeah. like, this is the same guy <laughs> that got knocked unconscious by Norman Osborn and 
some like guys we've never heard from again. Right. Yeah. It's funny how much the sun plays a role in this. So <laughs> there's a, at the end of that Jason or toward the end of that Jason Aaron run, um, spoiler alert here, Thor becomes unworthy, starts going by Odin's son and somebody else picks up the hammer. There's a whole little era of time where we're not, it's kind of a mystery about who it is. Um, but if you've seen any commercials for the upcoming movie, maybe next year, Thor Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. uh, spoiler alert, Jane Foster becomes Thor for a while. And there's this whole battle with this creature called the man God that has the power of a billion, billion murdered souls. Yes. So that's a lot. It's It's very strong. And this man God character creature takes out uh, a newly powered uh, Volstag as war Thor destroys his hammer. Um, Odin's son can't take him out. Thor new Thor, Jane Thor does all she can. Like it's just, you know, toe to toe can hardly take him down. And finally she defeats him by tying, somehow tying Molnir to Mangog and throwing Molnir and Molnir into the sun. And the sun presumably destroys, melts, whatever, both the hammer and the Mangog. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a little bit in this story, the, the War of Realms, and Odin's son now back Thor again, and Jane Foster is something has become something else. Uh, the Thor we know and love, the Thor son of Odin guy, needs his last little piece of Molnir that still exists somewhere in the sun, and so he goes for swims in the sun. Apparently, seeking it out, it comes out okay. And eventually finds it and it's great and it's wonderful and the art is fantastic and the story's like you're like oh my gosh he's coming back this is so cool and i love it but yeah uh, <laughs> fly it's into the sun multiple times about. what's that but but it's a perfect example of what we're talking about right yeah. that the weird power fluctuation that yes. doesn't quite make sense yeah you know and and then there's others that we've heard are they are just super powerful right and then you've you've never really seen like the full metal of like how powerful they're supposedly right supposed to be yeah. um one interesting thing on that is and i don't know if you've if you ever read much of this after we talked about it but what's the ultimate marvel universe right which went away when they did the whole incursion like multiverse thing and a very cool storyline that where we got like you know, the Nick, like different Nick Fury and Miles Morales became part of everything. Right. But in that ultimate universe, you know, some of the heroes had very, like, very different personalities, very different power sets, which they, they're supposed to, right? In the Ultimates, Ultimate yeah. series. Um, but Magneto in the Ultimate universe was powerful enough to reverse the polarity of the entire planet right and does it and literally like the oceans rise up and like drown most of the like new york and we lose all these superheroes and everything else and he you know he he literally does all this damage to the planet because he's so strong with and he has such control over the magnetic force that he just switches the polarity of the planet which 
I'm no scientist, but that would be catastrophic, right? Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's like good, bad, it's here. Okay. Right? Not down here. fuzzy on the whole good or bad thing. Home good or bad thing. Um, Imagine every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Yeah. And that would be bad? That would be bad. Yeah, good. That's it, you take Ah, <laughs> uh, the original Ghostbusters. Yes. Um, oh, just to start, let me close the loop on the Thor thing for a second. And, and obviously, these are very different iterations of the character. But on the one hand, you've got superpowered Thor flying multiple times into the sun and basically just going for swims in the sun. And then just this fall, we've had in the What If series, the one episode, Thor gets shot by an arrow, a regular old earth arrow that pierces him somehow, the thing the sun can't do, and kills him. An arrow, a dude that flew into the sun. So I guess that's, to me, that's kind of the sort of thing we're talking about. And it doesn't make me enjoy it any less. It's just, for me, I can't help but notice those sorts of things. Like, right, yeah. It, there's flying to the sun, <clears throat> killed by an arrow. <laughs> And so the interesting thing about it in, in Marvel is that we don't get a lot of explanation mm. for power fluctuations. Yeah. It doesn't really, if somebody like suddenly ramps up their power, you know, we don't get a, a lot of explanation. I think the, the character that we've seen with a considerable amount of power fluctuation, at least over the time that I followed him, that actually probably gets the most explanation would be Spider-Man. Um, mm. Like he suddenly gets the symbiote suit and that, you know, he gets stronger as a result or, you know, something happened. The original Secret Wars, I want to say he got he got powered up like way back in the 80s again. Um, and he received some power, like some power ups and then they would go away and he'd come back down to normal. Yeah. And there was some nice like storyline that explained it. The point with like Thor we never get that explanation it's just you just follow along and it's kind of the way it's supposed to be on the flip side of this and we were talking about this just before dc i think does a really good job of introducing new and kind of new and improved or new ramped up like power sets for long-standing characters and the one that comes to mind that i think we've seen a, a that kind of evolution of is the flash oh gosh yeah right um when he first came he's just the fastest man alive yeah he's run around run around and run around and that's what he did and then as time's gone on he has developed the ability to you know time travel um it's a slight power up <laughs> right go through like vibrate through walls and things yeah you know, and these are all things that he's learned essentially to do with his own powers as time has gone on. So it makes sense. Um, you know, and they've done a nice job of like, if it doesn't need a power up, don't do it like Superman. Well, let's talk about Superman for a second. All right. Because at one point, I mean, we all know that the little ditty, the little ding jingle, right? That, you know, leaves tall buildings with a single bound. So somehow we're going from, well, he can jump really high to those jumps become actually flying right. to, well, you know, he can basically fly the speed of light or something. But I think, I think we saw a progression for that. Okay. Right. And, and if you want a, a good example of that, uh, there's a really fast progression to that with Henry Cavill's 
uh, Superman in Man of Steel, where his first couple attempts to fly were just really big jumps. Yeah. Right. And then he like went through this process of like bigger jumps and bigger jumps, and then you know figured out he could fly. So I, I think that one there is a precedent for a progression in that one. So maybe it's more about learning to use the power rather than just there you go. All of a sudden the power's there. Or not there. Yeah. And with yeah. with Superman, and I think that the, you know, if we want to compare Superman and Thor, which I think is probably the closest comparison that makes sense, unless you bring in the Marvel Justice League, uh, which is like Supreme. Squadron Supreme. Oh my gosh. Has there been a bigger ripoff of one one comic from the other than that? I don't think so. It's like, a whole other yeah. conversation. But yeah, that's a whole other conversation. That. We're not going to go there today. Um, we even have but, Princess Power now, who literally looks exactly <laughs> like Wonder Woman. Yes. Although she is definitely a darker, more like, oh, yeah. violent but, version. But I, right, yeah, but, I mean, you've got Blur, who is the Flash, <laughs> and you've got Nighthawk, who is Batman. And yeah. Yeah, anyway, we can go down this road forever. But uh, if we just take Superman and Thor, which I think are the two fairest, like, you know, comparisons, probably, and, and this is this is a possible reason that we've seen these weird fluctuations with Thor, and we haven't really experienced them with Superman, is Superman had a very clear Achilles heel. Kryptonite. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 100%, that's his Achilles heel. He's unstoppable basically in any other fashion can fly up to the sun. The sun gives him all this, you know, this power He fly through yeah. space. Right. You know, he can pick up tall buildings with a, you know, with yeah. his strength and then leap them. Um, <laughs> tall buildings but, are easier to, to leap. I hear when you could pick yeah. them up and put them when down. you, when you can pick up, cause you just lay them down on their side. Right. And right. Yeah. Then it's just basically a, yeah, or you yeah, do yeah. the running long jump and <laughs> yeah, you don't have to jump as high. It's just distance. Um, work smarter, not harder. That's the, exactly. See, we got this. But he had he had his Achilles heel. They get like DC gave him a way to be beaten. Yeah. Right. Um, a couple and of lead, maybe a little a little lead lining. Right, kryptonite, red lining, and a red sun. Remember, right. the red sun right. Right. drains him as well. Yeah. So he was given like three very like reasonable explanation ways that he could be depowered or powered down yeah. and then in turn be beaten by others. Yeah. Um, I don't, I can't think of a time except for becoming unworthy. Yeah. Which is like a, a was a big deal, right? That was huge. I, I can't think of anything and you know Thor better than I do. So I'll defer yeah, there's to nothing in particular. I mean, back in the day when it was still the Donald Blake thing, if you if he was away from his hand uh, the hammer for sixty seconds, he would revert back to to Donald Blake. So that was always a thing, which is an interesting way to go about it, I guess. Yeah, but that hasn't that hasn't been part of the character for a long time, except for the the run. Um, and you, you're always ahead of me on comics because I use the Marvel Unlimited app, which... Yeah, uh, that's what I've been doing lately, too, actually. Have so, you? Okay. Yeah. So it's six months behind the publication date. But yeah, just the, the most recent thing, like where Donald Blake came back and kicked everybody's ass. Like, yes. that was... Talk about a power-up. But that was attempted to be explained by, oh, well, he first... He, took all the power of a Midgard serpent and 
and yes. he somehow had some some of Thor's power and and, and it was a reasonable explanation. There was a there was a reasonable explanation to to get us there. Yeah. It wasn't like a, a blind leap of like, hey, he's here and he's super strong and you just have to believe it. Moving on, you know. Yeah. Um, so all right, back to the Thor Superman cap, the the comp here is that because there's not the defined, clearly defined weakness for Thor. Some, if he's going to be beat at some point you just gotta you just catch him on a bad day essentially or something and that's how he gets beat yeah. occasionally which is a tough one to swallow because that's like that's like you know hitting superman when he gets out of bed and he's he's got <laughs> a headache or something and all of a sudden like he goes down and you're like no because he'd still yeah. break your hand on his face right does superman have to sleep i don't know i don't know hibernate maybe right <laughs> right does he hibernate while he recharges his batteries um, yeah yeah does he just do it to fit in i don't know i don't, yeah. I don't know where that ends It'd be great it, if he slept like hovering in the air and yeah, right at some point he's like, got to right at some point you just exit it right so, more ghostbusters he, he sleeps above the covers six feet above the cover yes <laughs> yeah that would be great that would, i'd like to see that one the Ghostbusters Superman crossover. Yes. Where they it's think he's a ghost because he can fly in Vankman. Well, okay. So let's stick with DC for a second. If it seems to me DC's characters are more likely to have a defined weakness mm-hmm. than Marvel characters. Yeah. I don't know if I can think of one even for Marvel. I, that's, equi- that's equivalent to Kryptonite or like right the come on the dumbest one ever right is green lantern oh he can't affect the color yellow yeah but we gotta you know like we got a whole thing around that too with you know yellow being the the fear one and you know then we got the blackest night which is See, and i haven't read that stuff so maybe i need to uh, i shouldn't be so uh, critical until i've read all that stuff but yeah like the the jeff johns like brightest day blackest night like you know lantern crossover series i'm a huge green lantern fan that was my favorite dc character when i was a kid um you know i even and i'm gonna say this and that'll make me wildly unpopular and probably discredit me extremely but i even enjoyed like ryan reynolds and uh the green lantern movie i feel like that got an unnecessary bad rap there were definitely some things in there that you're like Ah, this isn't what I wanted to see, but Reynolds did a great job. The the grief that he caught, like he played. If you read Green Lantern, and I'm I'm on a tangent now, but if you read the Green Lantern stuff early on with Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan's cocky. Mm -hmm. He was a cocky pilot. Right. He had this like cavalier attitude, and when Reynolds played that on screen. There was so much backlash on that. Yeah. And it's like, no, no. For all of you born in the 90s, those of us born in the 70s, remember how this character came about and what he was really like early on. This is how he was. Yeah. This is very true to the source material. Now, I could have, like, the suit was a little much. The glowy suit. 
Yeah. But that's nitpicky. You know, right. I, I feel like that's nitpicky. Parallax, I, I would have preferred we didn't get Parallax right out of the gate. Like yeah. it would have been cool to get Sinestro right out of the gate. Yeah. But I get it. They were trying to do some origin story thing and Parallax was a big deal in like Green Lantern lore. And I get it. But I they the the knock on that movie is it is it tried too much in its short time frame. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. And I guess but, as you think about from power standpoint. Theoretically, Green Lantern's power is unlimited. It's limited only by the force of his will, mm -hmm. right? And how long his battery lasts, which, boy, there's a good metaphor. <laughs> We're all used to that. Oh, you know, my phone can do everything except that it's- Except dead. it's dead. Except it's dead. <laughs> I forgot to yeah. plug it in. Yeah. Which is cool, right? Because that's, there's, there's the, to your point, that's the, the Achilles heel for Green Lantern, right? There's yeah. a couple of them. Yeah. The battery, how strong is his will, and the, the color yellow, right? Yeah. And yeah. what I think we don't see enough of in Marvel that helps with this whole, like, overpowered thing, aside from, like, the Achilles heel that DC attaches to a lot of their characters, is they also gave them almost like a, a polar opposite that was geared specifically mm. to take that one person out so green lantern had sinestro right uh superman had lex luther and eventually we got like general zod and you know some others you had aquaman and black manta yeah. right you had um batman and joker i mean it, it goes on you had the justice league and the league uh was it the league of evil no legion of doom legion of doom thank you i don't know where i got league of evil from that's I know better. I, I think that was in the that was in the pitch meeting, and I don't think it it didn't right. it didn't it didn't leave that initial. Uh, um, but I mean, and and each person in the Legion of Doom was a direct counter to somebody in the Justice League. Yeah, right. That's how it was created. Now, what I want to know about the Legion of Doom is where did they get that oversized Darth, Darth Vader, Vader helmet to yeah. be uh, to be their base from Darth Vader. <laughs> Um, but, I, and you know, there's other, I, I think there's other really nice examples of that in geek culture as well. You know, you got Star Wars very clearly, right? And yeah. There's, so, yeah. Big fluctuations with power with the Jedi powers. Yeah. And the Sith powers, like what all can you do and what can you not do? And yeah, I mean, it, if, especially if you've ever read any of the books, um, or you've really like taking the time to like dive into what they're supposed to be able to do. I mean, in some of the, in some of the storylines, like Luke's supposed to be able to pull planets out of orbit. Seems that's like a, insane. Yeah. That's a, that's a large power. But we never, like, we've never seen that from him. Um, I think one of the things that people got the most upset about in the new star Wars trilogy is we, is they were hopeful to see, more like displays of this epic power level from Luke Skywalker than they got, right? But when they saw just a little bit of power displayed from Leia, everybody lost their mind. Yeah, I, I mean, and you know, we'll we'll have to do an entire episode on. I, I feel like the misogynistic reactions oh that we see within geek culture yeah. 
to things like the most recent one around She-Hulk. Like there's a, there was a bunch of backlash people coming in and saying, uh, you know, oh, we're going to get girl versions of every character now. What the heck? And blah, blah. And, you know, to Marvel's credit, they did a really nice response with She-Hulk was created by Stan Lee. <laughs> like it's been around a long time. Way back in the day. Like she's yeah. not a new, like, yeah, we're, we're, we'll go down that rabbit hole another time because. Okay. Yeah geek culture shame on you for, yeah, for this kind of thing like embrace so embrace things would you um but yeah we've seen we've seen uh, weird power-ups uh or power downs or power dampening if you want to refer to it as that way within the jedi culture as well yeah um you know darth vader's in comics darth vader is terrifying oh my gosh that's yeah from maybe six eight years ago the first uh when marvel started doing the star wars comics again mm -hmm. the first run of darth vader was phenomenal the because there have been a couple of volumes i i've only yeah. read a, a couple of them i think there've been like multiple volumes but what if, if those of you that have seen the movie if you've seen the end of rogue one yeah that little bit of Darth Vader where he's just this force of nature that you either run away from or you get demolished by. Like that's him in those comments. And it is, yeah. as you say, it's terrifying. It's, it's phenomenal to, to witness. Yeah. There is a, uh, there's a, an, an issue and I can't remember it, but it's been a few years where it's, and I don't think it's the Darth Vader comic series. I think it's the actual Star Wars comic series, right? Mm -hmm. From kind of the, the New Hope era. And the rebels think they have Darth Vader cornered. And they come at him with like all these like X-Wings and everything else. And he basically stands essentially on a cliff and takes down like an entire squadron of X-Wings, an entire battalion of like, you know, rebel scum with what looks like very minimal effort. Like mm -hmm. nobody can touch him. And his, you know, what we, <laughs> what I like to refer to as the Skywalker uh, whining gene <laughs> that we saw in, uh, in the Star Wars movies, it's not fair. Um, is you know, in his like Vader's that we get to be witness to in like Phantom Menace and everything else that he grows up with, that he passes on to Luke, and obviously didn't pass on to Leia. She never really whines. She just she was like the strongest mentally out of all of them. Absolutely. Um, but Anakin's whininess and stuff that we all feel like made him you know me in the comics is non-existent like he couldn't care less about you or your feelings right or like where you came from or your connection to anything and oh you have kids <laughs> like yeah right you know like wipes out entire families entire planets without thinking twice about it yeah Unless Terrifying. he thinks he, you might be useful to him for a moment or two to achieve a goal or two. And the moment you stop being useful to him. Yes. You probably stop being alive. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed, right? Agreed. And it's, and, and so it's a phenomenal job with him in the comics. I, I think that Darth Vader in the comics is probably the more accurate version of what we were led to believe he's supposed to be against what he was in the movies. Right, right. Yeah, <clears throat> that, that, that fear that he evokes in everybody is hinted at and talked about. It's the old thing, like, it's the, the whole problem with a piece of the George Lucas writing, I think, the, uh, the old adage of show, don't tell. And Lucas was terrific at telling you and not always so good at showing you. Like, oh, yeah, we see that we're afraid, but or we, we're told we're, everybody's afraid of Darth Vader, but we don't really see it. Glimpses. And maybe in, you know, 1976, they couldn't really, they just didn't I, have the ability to, to show it in the same way. I but, feel like, I, I feel like the, he showed, he got his opportunity to show in Revenge of the Sith. We saw Anakin, you know, when he turned, go yeah. into the Jedi Temple yeah. and killed everybody, including the younglings. Yeah, right. Right. And it right. wore on him and he, and he, you know, but it also pushed him way over the edge, like full blown dark side. Um, yeah, it just, by the way, there's a meme out there. I don't know if any, anybody's seen it where uh, it's the ghost of Anakin talking to um, Ben Solo and, and Ben Solo's asking, you know, grandfather, do you have any advice for me? And Anakin says, when someone tells you not to do it because they have the high ground, you listen. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Um, that's funny. So yeah, I, I think that's the only moment outside of Rogue One, right? Um, those, those are probably the two moments in cinematic history with Darth Vader where we saw the brutality, mm. the raw power. Yeah. And yeah. just that like, I don't have feelings, right? And soon you will neither it. <laughs> you, you won't have anything either. <laughs> not, not a tostada. Well, my friend, I, I think that brings us to the end of our time. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed Powered Up. Um, next week, we'll, we'll have some other thing to ramble on about for close to an hour that hopefully you enjoy just as much as you enjoyed this one. Yeah, and that's gonna be our goal. We're gonna we're gonna shoot for a, a weekly episode. Yeah, it's a good goal. Um, we should tell people where they can find us now because you can find us on on things, right? So we're available. You can find the video version on YouTube, but uh, there's really no need for that. We're we're not. It's just a video of us talking. Yeah, it's <laughs> not really that interesting. not exciting. Maybe at some point in the future, we'll have some neat thing where we'll show you images of videos or something. Who knows? But right now, it's just two middle-aged white guys talking. So uh, you're more than welcome then, in that case, to go to Spotify. You can find Coffee and Capes on Spotify if you have Spotify podcast. Uh, we'll be coming soon to iTunes. That's exciting. And... Uh, I think we should, we didn't talk about this, but I'm going to throw it out there before we, uh, hang out. if you're listening to this and you fancy yourself a comic book artist, mm. we should run a contest. We are actively seeking someone to create us a logo for coffee and capes. Neither one of us are artists per se. Um, but maybe we can run a little, a little contest. And if somebody can submit a, 
a logo that we like, um, we give them something cool, like some coffee and uh, like a subscription Marble Unlimited or something. So more than just our undying love and appreciation is what you're saying. Yeah. Something, something know, a little more tangible than that. A little more tangible, That's right? probably a good idea. A little That's more tangible. And just for the record, it's coffee mm, cakes. Yes. Apostrophe no and apostrophe. Yeah. yeah. Coffee apostrophe and apostrophe capes. Yes. Coffee and capes. Because we're also grammar geeks like that. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Yeah. If you look up coffee and capes, I can't be responsible for what you find. Correct. Yeah. And it is the interwebs. Who knows what you'll find? <laughs> you might not want to find it. You might not want to find it. Um, but you do want to find us. Yes. Coffee and capes. John and Dave. <laughs> Thanks right. so much for joining with us. We'll, uh, we'll, you'll hear us. I was going to say you'll see us next time. We'll, you'll hear us next time. Or maybe you'll see us. Next week. Yeah. Until then. Bye, guys. <laughs>